Freshwater shortages pose enormous challenges to large-scale forest restoration efforts. We found a possible sustainable solution. I'm Robert Colangelo and this is GreenSense, where we bring you the latest eco-innovations. The company Terraformation in recent months constructed the world's largest fully off-grid, 100% solar-powered desalinization facility to provide fresh water to aid in forest restoration. Joe Wagner is Terraformation's head of forestry and joins us now all the way from beautiful Hawaii. Jill, aloha. Aloha. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks uh, for calling in. Uh, Terraformation provides a wide range of solutions to support ecosystem restoration. Anything you want to add to what your company does? Well, it is our mission to um, fight and solve climate change. And we believe that um, the best way to do that and to is to accelerate natural carbon capture through forest technology. So planting trees and we've developed technology that can aid in restoration projects all over the world. And who are your clients and who pays you to do this? Our clients are restoration projects that are already happening in the world and that have bottlenecks to accelerate. So we are helping them to solve those bottlenecks. And we, um, we are, have a few ways. We, we have technology that we've developed that we sell and we also have um, funders and angel investors who can help fund projects and we have other um, funding sort of opportunities through uh, developing agroforestry projects and through selling carbon credits. So we have a few ways of, of funding projects. Well, we, our, our whole uh, motto here at GreenSense is it uh, needs to make economic sense to make GreenSense. And so we like what you're doing out there that you're uh, making projects happen that sequester carbon, but, it, but you're also looking at the economics. Um, I want to dive into a really cool project you guys are working on um, to give a little background. According to the USGS, 71% of the earth is covered by water, of which 96% is ocean water. So if we're able to desalinate that ocean water, it opens up great potentials for many uses, including uh, using, utilizing fresh water for forest restoration efforts. Explain how your company has created a sustainable ecosystem using solar power to run a desalinization facility to restore forests. Yes, the property that we're working on is in Kohala and it's one of the driest places. I think it is the driest place on Hawaii Island. It only rains a few times a year. And so we're limited by water. That area has been denuded over time historically. It, the forest was cut down and it's been used, the trees were logged and sold and also it was used for cattle ranching. So it has a history of land use that has created a, a, a place that's completely denuded. And in order to restore that to its original pre-human habitat, we know what that habitat is from um, various um, archeological studies and ethnographic studies. Um, and remnant sites. So we wanted to restore that, but there wasn't fresh water. There was a well and, um, and we needed to clean that water. It's very, very salty. It's very close to the ocean. 
So um, what we did is desalination is something that is 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 been done for you know for a, a decades now, but it's very expensive and it's always tied to to you fuel to to power it. And what has happened is the cost of solar has come down enough to make it affordable because desalination requires a lot of energy to do this. And that opened up a whole bunch of doors because once the solar became uh, affordable enough, we could create a system, even though this is a very large system, to, um, to get fresh water. And that's what we've done. And we're using that model to help people in other countries. So this is not new technology. We, we want to find the simplest and the most expedient solutions to solve the problems that people have in the field. And, and this, this is one of them that we've well, developed. That's a great uh, concise explanation. Let's back up for a second. You said it's the driest place on the island. You know, I've been to Hawaii numerous times and it's so lush. What makes that area so dry? Well, it, it's, it's naturally, it's the, it's the leeward side. So all of the Hawaiian islands have, a, it's called a leeward side and a windward side. And the windward side is the wet side and the leeward side is the dry side. So this is the dry side and it's a, and it's a part of the island that just does not naturally get a lot of rainfall. It's very, it's under, you know, it's certainly under um, 15 inches. So the thing is, is in order that that rainfall will sustain the forest that evolved there. But once that was cut down and you and you need to rehabilitate it, you need to help it by providing some water. Well, thank you for that explanation. And maybe you could help me understand on a larger scale why you need fresh water when you're trying to rebuild or restore a natural environment like a forest. Um, isn't uh, rainwater and runoff sufficient? Not to start it. it, it's sufficient to, to support it over time once it's established. But what we're doing is we're helping nature. So we're, we're planting aggressively. We've planted several thousand trees on this site and we're trying to, we've, it, it's taken a couple of hundred years to denude it and we wanna help it very quickly because we are very concerned about climate change and we know we have to be on a fast track to, to shift it and get as many trees replanted on the planet as possible. And we have another project um, in Tanzania that we're developing with an organization called SANA. Again, they have a well, they've drilled a well, and the water is not clean. The water is, is not only not clean for planting, but it's making the community sick. So if we can develop, a, a, it's a much smaller solar desalination system, um, we can help both the community and, and the reforestation projects, and that's what we're doing. So let's talk a little bit about the scalability of this project. Uh, not all forests are located near oceans, so how do you get fresh water to an inland forest that isn't in close proximity to ocean water where you can use a desalinization plant? Well, we have other ways of, of catching water that we use. Um, there, we have another project in Uganda. They happen to be close to a lake, Lake Albert, and they can get water from that lake, but they need catchment. And catchment is an issue for a lot of projects all over the world. 
so they have rainwater and it tends to be they, their water is seasonal and so they have a good season of, of, of rain but they need when you're talking about baby plants and establishing a forest you need consistency for those for those plants to become established at least in the first couple of years so what we are helping people do is to set up water catchment systems which is sort of the standard in Hawaii but as I've traveled in many places in the world people are not catching water they may have a very good rainy season but they're not catching any of that water so when they get to the dry season it's a problem especially if you're if you want to do a project a large-scale restoration project let's talk uh, about the Hawaiian project again uh, that is a solar powered desalinization plant how do you get around the problem of intermittency? In other words, uh, where you can only generate solar power when the sun is shining? Well, it produces so much um, water in the time when the sun is shining. You actually, what we've determined is you don't need um, to, to pump water at, at night. So it's really, it's really simple. And we actually built, we overbuilt the system because we built the system to run 24 seven and, and we don't need it. We found that we can pump enough water in the daytime when the sun is shining to cover the, the needs. Um, we were talking about how this innovation uh, supports reforestation um, and, and it sequesters carbon to help mitigate climate change. Can you tell us about some of your other uh, reforestation projects in other parts of the world? You shared a few with us, maybe. Do you have any other success stories? Well, we, we're, um, we have um, a lot of projects developing. We're a new startup company, and, and um, <clears throat> we have a um, project in um, Ecuador with a, a group called Humans for Abundance. And um, so all of these projects that we have are and are developing the, the key thing is that we have determined that there are certain bottlenecks to projects being able to scale and um so i've determined one thing is expertise another thing is equipment a third thing is seed availability and the fourth thing is funding so those things are the what i have determined are the largest bottlenecks to scaling restoration so we've developed other technology in, in addition to the solar desalination, and I'm gonna tell you about another one of those, just to give you an idea of what these projects are, are getting from us. <clears throat> and that is a seed bank. We are big time seed bankers in Hawaii. We collect seed, both native seed and agricultural seed for the entire state of Hawaii. Farmers throughout the state um, send us their seed and we, we mm. properly um, process and store that seed. So we um, developed a, a seed bank and I happen to live in a 40-foot container. Um, I, I bought a property, uh, I bought 49 acres um, in, in Hawaii last year and I, I, I bought a container, a 40-foot container and my carpenter built, put a lanai off of it mm. and um, it's my house. So I got the idea of also developing a seed bank because um, people need to store and amass seed for their projects. So what, what we've did, we did, we designed a seed bank and we built a prototype 
and it's very, very wonderful um, seed bank. And we're, the next model is going to Uganda. Um, and they're going to all of these projects I talked about, Tanzania, Ecuador. And uh, the seed banks, we provide training. So we, we're providing training videos to, um, to go through the process of seed collection and how to properly store all the protocols to store seed. And those seed banks will hold up to three to five million seeds. And they um, allow these, these groups anywhere in the world, either agricultural or forestry, to have their own on-site seed bank. And it's a fully functioning lab that's climate controlled. It's got air conditioning. All of the equipment is included in it. And um, it's, it's solar powered. Again, we're using solar powered. So it's an off-grid. So the sites can be very remote and, and they, can, they can still function and keep the seed bank running. Yeah, we spent a week with the uh, Hawaiian government doing uh, some shows on sustainability out there. And really those islands could be a lab for sustainability. They have so much natural resources from the deep ocean water that's cold uh, for cooling to uh, solar and wind energy. Uh, so I, I'm glad uh, you continue that effort out there. Uh, let's go back to the topic of economics. Uh, we all know that forestation, uh, reforestation is necessary. Um, we all pay when we lose a forest, but uh, who's gonna pay the bill to conduct uh, forest re uh, reforestation efforts? You touched on it uh, a little bit earlier. Can you talk specifically about the funding and how you funded the Hawaiian project? Well, the Hawaiian project was funded by our founder and CEO, Yishan Wong, and he is committed to fighting climate change. So we're, we're calling that project our Pathfinder project. And that project is really because it's such a challenging project and because Hawaii is expensive in terms of labor and equipment to do. And we feel like if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. And, um, and so that, that project was funded by our, our founder. And now what we're doing is developing different funding models for projects. Every project is unique. And some projects um, can, uh, you know, a lot of projects, what I'm finding is the communities need to develop their own funding streams um, for their own sustainability. And so to, in order to do that, we, we really help with species lists. The right plant in the right place is a huge issue all over the world. And that goes to my first bottleneck expertise. So we have soil scientists on our team who study the soil, the history of the region, and the native species that would be growing there. We also look at what are the fruit species? What are the nut species? What are species that are appropriate for that region that they can use as an economic source? So that's one thing. That's a very big thing, agroforestry. And we want to support and develop that. The agroforestry, you have to know, is different than straight agriculture. And the reason is because with agroforestry, you're planting an overstory of native trees. So you've got native trees as an overstory, and then in your understory, you're, you're planting your economic crop and other native shrubs and understory. So it's a, it's a forestry model, and um, that model provides carbon capture with the overstory, and it helps fight climate change, but it also provides an economic crop 
for those communities. Another example of a land use for funding is, is silvopasture, um, planting trees in, in cattle, cattle country. And there's a lot of, um, I'm, the biggest of course is here in, in, in Texas, in the United States, but in, in Brazil, and there's other countries where they're doing major cattle ranching, and that can be tempered with planting trees. Silvopasture means you're planting much sparser. You're not planting a forest, you're planting trees, and you're softening the environment, improving the quality of the cattle and of the grass for that environment. That's another um, strong funding stream because you're doing carbon capture. So these projects have the potential to sell carbon credits. And one of the things that, that Terraformation is, is doing is finding buyers for that companies that want to offset their emissions um, so they can, they can um, be, be more green and sustainable. And, and so we're finding buyers for projects where we want to act as a bridge for those projects. And that also helps those projects be funded. So in closing, uh, if you were queen for the day, uh, what would you do? Well, I would continue to talk to people like you and encourage people to plant trees. Thank you so Well, that's much. a great note to end on. Well, thank you very much, Jill. We appreciate you uh, joining us here on GreenSense. Thank you. That's Jill Wagner, Head of Forestry for Terraformation. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is GreenSense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.